Coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. This week in Jeep, FCA and a big French automaker have just joined forces. What does this mean for Jeep? We'll find out. And just when you thought it was safe to go back to the toy store, well, we have something that will have your inner kid screaming to get out and play. Bill puts on his teacher hat and takes us to class. It's Rust 101 in Wrangler Talk. In Jeep Life, Tammy shares with us some abs to make overlanding a little bit easier. And Mitch helps us find the best places to hunt for Christmas lights displays in Jeep weather. Nikki G escaped the probing and he calls in to share with us, well, some stuff, a little bit of nostalgia about those who haven't called in in a little while. And we've got a whole bunch more show coming up, so stick around. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. You know, I love Christmas. You often see the best in people this time of year. People are a little kinder. You see more smiling faces. You know, it's like being a Jeep owner. Well, you know, when the Jeep is running and, and not, not on empty. <sighs> Sorry, wait. I love Christmas and I love you because you're sharing a bit of your time with us every week on this little show we can do just for you. Hi, I'm Tony. And of course, I still believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm Josh. <laughs> Don't step on Santa laugh. Claus, damn you. It's Christmas. <laughs> I had better get some snow this year or Santa is on my list. <laughs> I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and my favorite Christmas shirt is the Grinch driving a Jeep. I can see that. Ooh, good one. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. You've heard me talk about it over the last year or so. First, it was just a rumor right on the heels of FCA's former CEO, Sergio Marchion's death, that FCA would be looking to merge with another automaker. The hows and whys were relatively uncertain at the time because it was mostly rumor. And at the time, Volkswagen was the only other name getting thrown around, and mostly people didn't see that as being anything serious, at least as far as adventure goes. But then we heard there were actual talks, and VW more or less bowed out before things got serious. Or at least so we were told. There are still conflicting reports about all this, so who really knows? Now fast forward to the last few months when we got confirmation that a merger was actually moving forward. One that we hadn't heard nary a whisper about. The news broke about a month or two ago that FCA was going to be uh, merging with the PSA Group, a French multinational automaker manufacturing the Peugeot, Citroën, DS, Opel, and Vauxhall brands. The ink was barely dry on the deal that was signed as we recorded the show last week, and the official announcement was made Friday that FCA and PSA will officially become one. Why Jeep's parent brand always makes these moves while we record the show, I think, is to make sure that we don't interfere, but I'm probably giving the show a little bit more credit than it's due. Now, from a business standpoint, this is a relatively smart move for FCA. Other than the Fiat and the Chrysler brands, FCA really doesn't have a huge passenger car lineup to offer. 
Chrysler and Dodge both ceased the production of its passenger cars, uh, the 200 and the Dart, respectively. The only two cars FCA made here in the U.S. with the goal of focusing on pickups and SUVs for its Ram and Jeep brands. The strategy obviously has paid off, as both Ram and Jeep brands have seen record sales numbers off and on ever since. With this merger, FCA is also going to get a huge amount of electrification research and development, and way more manufacturing capabilities in that arena as well. On the surface, this looks to be a very solid business deal with, that will benefit both automakers and their shareholders. However, more a mere moments after the announcement last Friday, the White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow said in a press release that, quote, the administration will look very, very closely at the planned merger between Fiat Chrysler and Peugeot owner PSA. Now, this may be because now that the deal is official, which has been structured as a genuine 50-50 merger, would create the fourth largest automaker in the world with annual sales of nearly 9 million vehicles. Teams at both companies are working to finalize discussions and reach a memorandum of understanding in the coming weeks. Yeah, but isn't most of those 9 million vehicles shit? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the only the only good one they have is like a Jeep and maybe the, the Dodge Ram truck. is. Uh, the, and when I say... When I say shit, I mean they're the the they don't have great sellers. I mean maybe they sell sell them good over in Europe. I don't know, but well, that's just it. Is, is you have the saturation market over there that that you know the U.S. automakers don't have, and conversely they they don't have the saturation here. And so, like when you saw Fiat come to the U- United States, there really wasn't a huge demand for it, and the reputation wasn't there either. And it just became became kind of one of those things that sort of fizzled out. Uh, and, and whether or not this is going to breathe new life into that, whether we're going to start seeing uh, Peugeot and other auto, uh, French automakers, uh, auto brands rather, uh, coming here to the U.S., we'll start seeing those dealerships. That's sort of uh, in the works as well. Whether or not that will become a reality is, is uncertain as well. But you're right, Tony. These aren't cars that the United States is familiar with, that we know and that we love and that we have a reputation with or a history with rather. These are cars that, uh, that we're unfamiliar with, that we haven't seen, that we, we don't see and, and haven't been sold here in the U.S. previously. I mean, Peugeot does have a history here in the U.S., certainly not a good one and certainly not a very long one either. Uh, so what this means moving forward as far as what we're going to see from dealerships uh, here in the United States from these, it's really uncertain. Again, the ink is barely dry on this, and they really haven't even worked out the finer details yet. So a lot of details, a lot of uh, a lot of this is going to be coming up to surface uh, as the weeks and months go on. So, I, so I, can I, I ask? Oh, you, sure, go ahead. Why does the White House, the administration, need to look at this merger? I'm like so not into well, so economy and all trust, that stuff. There is a Chinese aspect to this that I didn't really get oh. into details on because it starts to get into a lot of finance and stuff like that. Okay. So there, the the, the China, China owns. Uh, a, a certain percentage of uh, PSA. And so it's not a controlling, I think it's like around 19 to 23% or something like that that they own of that group. But that's a large chunk. And and with that, it's got it. So this merger with, with this French automaker and a US automaker, but the French automaker has a quarter of its, of everything, uh, owned by a whole nother international company, uh, entity. So how that's going to play into all this, and especially with all of the trade issues that have been going on with the U.S. and China, that I think is where the scrutiny is going to is going to be playing uh, playing into I this. I get it. That yeah. and we're talking about the fourth largest automaker in the world. Obviously, the U.S. is going to want to make sure that their interests are are met in this. That no factories are going to be closed. That as far as profits profits go and losses go, 
that everybody is going to you know take and give their fair share and everything. Again, all of this is going to be in the details and the the memorandum of understanding, which unto itself isn't a, a legally binding document. Uh, it's more or less the the framework of which the the legal contract is going to be based off of. Now, I heard or read recently that uh, Jeep is talking about getting all their vehicles uh, to be electric vehicles by 2022. Do you think that this uh, has anything to do with that? I think it might have. That was on the boards uh, long before any sort of this merger talk started, even a year ago. Uh, FCA has is, is, is really been diligent about you know producing these five-year plans. Uh, and coming out every five years and saying this is what we have on the board for the next five years, and they pretty much hit the you know hit the ball hit the nail on the head each and every time that they've done these five year plan structures, and and the electrification was sort of in that, but not having a whole lot of detail about it. Now FCA has been working on electrification for a while now, and we're starting to see a little bit of that in some of the vehicles, especially in Europe and whatnot, where it's it's uh, they've they've been introducing electrification a lot sooner and a lot across a lot larger of a spectrum of the lineup, vehicle lineups, uh, versus what we see here in the United States. And what we're going to be seeing is not a complete conversion to electric, but they'll be offering electrified versions of each and every vehicle that's in the lineup. So we're not going to see a complete uh, going away from the petroleum and the diesel engines. We're just going to be seeing these same models that we're all familiar with being offered in an electric version as well. Oh, okay. Well, when they said fully electric, I thought that meant uh, internal internal combustion is uh, on the way out or actually being replaced by 2022. So Hopefully, well, not hopefully completely by 2022. Maybe in another 10 years, I could see that being a, a, a full goal where, okay, we're just going to eliminate the, uh, gasoline engines in our new vehicles, not gonna, going to be getting rid of support for you know what we've made in the past, but moving forward, Jeep is going to be an electric brand. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Uh, it might, it might not. Time will tell. You've likely seen the YouTube videos of people making little model or scaled versions of motors using everything from pop cans to plexiglass. Some people's concepts have even included actual running motors that would fit in the palm of your hand. I'm a full-on gearhead. Those who have listened to the show for any length of time know this. And yes, as a kid, I played a lot with Legos. And I had what I still consider to be one of the largest collections of nothing but space Legos that I have seen still to this day. No, and I'm not talking about those cheesy Star Wars Legos. Those don't count. Real (laughs) space Legos. What? Yes. You heard her feelings. I know. I know. You need to sell those Legos, Josh, for... um... Oh God, no! They 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 have they they're not around anymore. <laughs> Those have long since been gone and lost in various moves and and all that sort of stuff. Boy, do I wish I had them though. Still, yeah. But it yeah. comes as no surprise that I'm going to get fully behind this person's proposal to create a large, highly detailed Lego model of the four-liter inline-six, arguably one of the greatest engines ever made. And I'm going to do everything I can to help make this a reality, including begging you to get behind this effort too. The Lego version of this famous engine includes a functioning drive chain for operating the camshaft, push rods, and valve rockers. The crankshaft actually works the movable pistons. There's also a two-barrel carburetor and a mock-up of a distributor ignition system. When complete, the Lego power plant measures 17 inches long, 15 inches tall, and 11 inches wide, and would be comprised of around 3,000 individual Lego pieces. The builder of this notes that there are they, they are all existing Lego pieces except for the rubber hoses that connect the, the distributor and the timing chain at the front. Other than that, it's 
all LEGO pieces that are already in manufacture. In the rendering, we'll have on the website, as well as what you'll see when you go to the LEGO support page, is that some of the colors aren't exactly stock, and the shades come from the LEGO Rendering Program Studio, the program that creates these rendering pictures. For this model, even to get consideration from LEGO to go into actual production, a proposal needs to garner 10,000 supporters. Unfortunately, as of December 19th, 2019, as we recorded this show, Line 6 LEGO Project has only 158 people behind it. <laughs> I know. All it's laughably owners. sad. It's laughably sad. Now, even after having enough backers, there's still no guarantee that LEGO will actually put a kit like this into production. The set is currently looking for support, though, through the LEGO Ideas program website, ideas.lego.com, and I want you to check it out and offer whatever support you can, even if it's just a vote, for this to get put into production. Share the link. Tell your friends. Post about it on your own social media pages. Heck, the pictures alone are awesome to share. We'll, of course, have the direct link. You'll need to do that on our website in the show notes for this episode, as well as a pick or two for some inspiration. you got to check this out. Please, let's make this happen in 2020, if nothing else, for the sake of my own dreams coming true. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a shame. Uh, what is it, like uh, uh, 2003, 2005 was the last year for the uh, for the 4.0? I, I can't remember now. They, they made a big deal of it. They had everybody from the plant signing the, uh, the, the final uh, oh, 4.0, yeah, you right. know? And yeah. uh, it's, it's been a long time. I'm kind of wondering if that might be the reason why... There's not a lot of people getting behind this. It, it, it could be that they just don't know about it, but um, everybody's... Well, you got to think about it. This is the engine, the, the quintessential Jeep engine that dominated the 80s and the 90s. That's true. That was a while back. I mean, we're talking, you know, almost uh, 30 years ago. So a lot of people, this is, this is nostalgia. This is ancient history. For a lot of us Jeepers, though, this is what's under our hood. This is what we swear by, what we live by, what we you know what we uses uh, what we use to get over the rocks and stuff and through right. the trails so this is this is one of these things that i think it's just because the jeep world doesn't know about it yet i mean uh, you know how many jeepers do you know play with legos <laughs> yeah not 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 <laughs> too many right <laughs> i know we got one on the show <laughs> uh, you know this is just one of those things that it just needs exposure it just needs to get the word out and we just got to get you people out there who are listening to this show to help this out because I would love to see this out on store shelves and any Jeep enthusiast would definitely want to have one of these, you know, on the desk or in the garage or something like that. I mean, it's, if nothing else, an amazing conversation starter. So yeah, let's get behind this. Let's make it happen. This is really, really cool. If you've got a response to any one of our stories, a news tip or something that you think we should be reporting on, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how. Hey, coming up a little bit later in the show, we have an interview with Wendy Stevens. She was the spotter who prevented Tony from rolling the Jeep he was in at the Big Bear Nexon Tire event this last summer. Hey, I have some great news. The Jeep Talk Show store has been redone. No, it's the same crap, but now it's cheaper crap. crap. <laughs> <laughs> if you were looking at the t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies before, but they were just too damned expensive, well, have another look. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash store and uh, poke around. There's even some uh, coffee mugs on there now, too. I need a new coffee mug. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Jeep Talk Show, celebrating our ninth anniversary. Thank you for being with us along the way.
From the top to the tires, from the transmission to the tailpipe, and from bumper to bumper. If you've got a Wrangler, he's got you covered. It's Wrangler Talk with Bill. Hello, JTS listener, and I got a real treat for you on the Wrangler Talk. We're going to be talking about rust. And no, I'm not talking about the stuff you pick out of your belly button every morning. I'm talking about that frame-eating, orangey, reddish colored stuff you see at least somewhere on your Wrangler. Well, on this talk, I'm going to cover some of the ways to treat and eliminate rust spots on your Wrangler. So first, rust is the process of metal oxidizing and breaking down when bare metal is exposed to the elements. And the key term is breaking down and losing its strength over time. So it is best to catch rust spots when they are considered to be surface rust, meaning that the rust has not penetrated too deep into the metal. So for this talk, I'm specifically going to be talking about rust on your frame, because let's be honest, that is where rust can be the most detrimental. So I've heard a lot of different rust treatments out on the market, and some of them work better than others. But there's a proper way to take care of rust, and that is to own a Prius. Oh wait, no, that came out wrong. (laughs) Well, we all own Jeeps, and I know that when we off-road, there are most likely going to be some type of scratch or scrape on the underside of your Jeep, and this scratch is where that dreaded rust spot will begin. Okay, so now we have some surface rust on the frame or underside of our Jeep. Perfect. Well, we're not going to need to go out and buy a new skid plate or a new Jeep frame just for some surface rust. The best course of action is to first go to the store and pick up some supplies. We're going to need some wire wheels for a power drill and a power drill if you don't have one. Maybe a breather mask and some safety glasses because safety's first. Come on. Masking tape and some paint. Although when I'm talking about paint, I'm talking about some really specific stuff. A couple of years ago, some companies came out with this special paint called Rust Converter or Rust Encapsulator. Now, Rust Converter is a solution of chemicals that actually reacts with the rust, causing a chemical change in the substance to create a black inert substance that can be painted over. So depending on how much rust you have on your Jeep will determine on how much rust converter you will need. And yeah, I've wheeled with some guys that could use a 55-gallon drum of this stuff, and it still would not help their Jeep whatsoever. But that's besides the point. So how do we use this fancy rust converter? Well, it's pretty simple. First, we're going to want to prepare the surface that you're going to be using the rust converter on. So get out some soap and water and first clean the area that you're going to be converting. And if you're going to do the whole underside, make sure that you clean your entire underside of the Jeep. And this will remove all dirt and hopefully most of the larger rust particles. Next, break out those wire wheels and a drill and go to town. You're going to want to remove all the stubborn dirt and rust particles. Although we're not looking to remove all the rust that kind of is defeating the point of the rust converter. The rust converter will bond to the rust and convert it to a paintable surface. Just like how we bond to our beers after a long broken day of wheeling. I know. After we are done wire wheeling the underside of our Jeep, the best practice is to use an oil or grease remover to ensure that there's no oil or grease and 
to ensure proper adhesion of the rust converter to all the rust on the metal you are trying to convert. Then you're going to want to tape off all the areas on the underside of your Jeep that you don't want the paint or anywhere that possibility for overspray and then start spraying or rolling the rust converter onto the underside of your Jeep. And please read the instructions on the can so you know how much to apply to the metal surface. After you converted all the rust back to the inert paintable metal material, now you're prepared to be painted with, yeah, you being painted because that's how it really happens, with any color of your choosing. So that awesome cherry red or if you want to just keep your frame black. So it is pretty easy to eliminate the rust on the underside. Although if you're asking what if my rust spot turned into a hole, well then that's going to require some more work. And when dealing with holes in your frame or anywhere on the body of your Jeep, it is best to remove the affected area by cutting out the rust spot and welding in new metal plates to strengthen your frame or body. So as I said, catching rust spots early and treating them early is key. So we don't have to do any cutting or welding and it makes life a whole lot easier. And there are some really nice rust repair kits out on the market that actually are pieces of bent metal that will allow you to remove the rust spot on your frame and weld in a new piece of the frame, eliminating that rust hole and getting you back up and running. And if there are multiple rust holes in your frame, I do kind of recommend just spending that cash and go and replace your frame. You will thank yourself and your Jeep will thank you in the long run. I promise you that. So what did we learn? Stay on top of your rust spots. So you're not the guy out on the trail with a broken frame and two halves of a Jeep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's Wrangler Talk. And remember, if you have any questions or comments, please head over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And shoot us an email or leave us a voice message. And talk to you next week on the Wrangler Talk with Bill. You know, Bill does a great job uh, bringing us a lot of great information, a lot of good technical stuff uh, for the Jeep Wrangler. And uh, we really appreciate it. Merry Christmas, Bill. So, have you bought your first Jeep and now you're eager to make that first modification? Uh, here are the top five easiest modifications, at least in my mind. Number one, tow points, front and rear. Modern day Wranglers should already have this, but if it doesn't or it's missing, you know, for you guys that have bought used vehicles, get it and install it yourself. It's so easy to do and critical before you go off-road because you will get stuck. Not everybody's Tammy. Number two, rock sliders. Your Wrangler may have uh, come with something that looks like sliders, uh, you know, that stuff that hangs down under the doors, uh, but make sure they are rock sliders and not some cheap, thin metal or plastic. Oh, and never get sliders with steps. The point of sliders is to help you slide over rocks. Side steps will just make it harder to get over the obstacles. Now, uh, it, this is this is kind of uh, showy, but that's what modifications, a lot of modifications are, is something that you can show that you're customizing your Jeep and making it your own. A nice LED spare tire brake light. So you may have seen this. It's basically a ring of LEDs that mounts behind your spare tire and connects easily to your third brake light. Uh, you're not likely to take much damage when that Prius re rear ends you, so the additional brake light might help save the person behind you astronomical repair costs.
headlights. You know, I think Jeep has really improved how bright, bright their headlights are, but you could always improve that, right? Release your inner Tim, the tool man, Taylor, and add more light. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> LED lights will be brighter and require, la require less power. Now, this is one that I really like. It, it, it's really less showy, but very functional. Fitted floor mats. I know Quadratech, Rugged Ridge uh, both sell the same type of uh, these fitted uh, uh, floor mats. They're very thick, and uh, they, uh, they have deep treads like mud tires and high sides that will fit perfectly where your feet go. These are a great addition to the Jeep to give it a rugged look and keep your carpet free of mud and water. Josh, what was your first easy Jeep mod? My first ever or my first easy? My first ever was uh, putting a CB in my Jeep. When I first got it, That's that was a good the one. first thing I did. I put a CB in it. And the easiest one I ever did, and uh, it was towards the front as well, uh, rear view mirror flip. That's the easiest mod I think any Jeeper can do. Yeah. There was always this debate whenever I would talk about my first mod about mod versus accessories but we can get into that later but my first mod i guess would have been the fitted floor mats which are awesome i still have the same set today mm -hmm. but my first real mod where i changed the outside of my jeep was my front bumper yeah and you found that, that and that was really pretty easy i mean it was challenging you had to get outside your comfort zone if i remember correctly mm -hmm. but you were able to get that all mounted on there and it makes such a huge difference in the look of your jeep right and i guess you could say that it was i did that because of the toe points i wanted better toe points in the front of my jeep oh and uh do, did, did you have two uh, toe points on the rear of your wrangler as it came from the factory i can't remember no, just that one. Okay, so toe points is a good idea. Uh, right. Yeah, for everybody. And, and I'm serious, people, front and rear. So Definitely. So do you remember when you bought your first Jeep? Share with me what your easy mods were. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out to us. Coming up in Tech Talk, a couple quick tips to make owning an older Jeep this winter a little easier. All right. I guess Do we get to sing again? We're going to sing, right? Yeah. Yay. Jeep Live. Jeep Live. Jeep Mama. I've been to SEMA, so I, I don't know about these Vegas, you know, Jeep Live. Yeah. I need a piano. Uh, uh, so today, um, I'm going to talk about my trip um, that I took across America. That again? And Yes. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to be talking a lot about that on things that I learned that will help you. Um, and one of the things, spending a month in my Jeep, going across America, um, you really learn what works and what doesn't work. And as I was doing that, speaking of mods, Tony, I realized the first mod I should have made was moving my rear license plate. Yeah. With the spare tire, because <laughs> that thing gets in the way when you're in some serious rocks. So anyway, I want to share with you today two apps that I found were really super helpful, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of overlanding, and that is iOverlander and Gaia GPS. Now, iOverlander is a nonprofit project, and it's mostly volunteer-run, and it's a database of places for overlanders and travelers, including camping spots, hotels, restaurants, mechanics, water, where you can fill up with propane, and there's just so many categories. 
And then there's details for each of these places, like an amenities, photos, like, there. oh, there's a picnic table at this campsite. Oh, there's a fire ring here. Um, and that was really helpful, especially if you are on a budget and you're looking for free places to stay. Um, it's really cool. And you can also add your places and your things to share with other friends and other travelers. So that was a really great app to have. And then the other one is Gaia GPS. Now this app has so much in it that I still haven't um, able to explore yet. Um, and it was really hard. This is something you should, you should do slowly to, to learn about it because once you're on the road and you're going from place to place, you don't really have a whole lot of time to explore. But where this app came in very handy was Mojave Road in California. And Mojave Road is the road that the, uh, not the pilgrims, the settlers when they were moving west, I guess they could have been pilgrims, um, to cross the desert. And basically it's a bunch of sandy washouts and there are parts of the road where the trails go off in like 50 gazillion different directions. You're like, oh my God, which way to go? And Gaia has Mojave Road on it and it will track you and you know exactly where you are and you can keep yourself on the right track because there are so many little offshoots on this road. Um, so it was really good to have. And I hear a lot of overlanders talk about this app. So those were the, two of the things, two of the apps that I found were very helpful for us. iOverlander and um, Gaia GPS. So coming up in the weeks ahead, I will be sharing more of these little tidbits um, that I found very helpful in this Jeep life of overlanding, which we saw a lot of Jeeps out there who were um, in the overland life. So Stay tuned for more cool Jeep Mama tips in the coming days, coming weeks. So how does my Jeep life compare with yours? I'd love to hear your story. Contact me and share it. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. And if you contact me and share your Jeep life, I will send you out a Jeep Mama sticker and a Jeep Talk Show sticker because I have some left. Are you going topless this weekend? Find out where you can in Jeep weather with Mitch. You know, Tammy, I was just thinking, uh, I think it'd be really cool if uh, 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 listeners would uh, call in and uh, sing their own rendition of Jeep Live. Oh, geez. Nikki G is, <laughs> you just challenged him. Oh, boy. That, uh, and, and, that's and, a really good idea. And maybe Nikki G could uh, translate. Ooh, uh, patronize him. Tra <laughs> And translate it into whale song, so there'd be a, a whale version. You know, this a, is a horrible idea. A version of no. <laughs> I, I cannot get behind this at all. Hey guys, this is Nate from Michigan. Hello, this is Isaac. Listen from the Hall from Arizona. Hey guys, it's Josh. Hey guys, it's Jeff from Jeeper. Radioity makes me radioactive. Radioity makes me radioactive. Radioity makes me radioactive. I have been listening to your show for several years now. I'm even listening to radio. Radioity makes me radioactive. I've been on loud radios, and we can never have too many radios. The Jeep Talk Show and Radioity, a winning combination for you, our listeners. Silver Jeeps rule, Tony. And good luck.
<laughs> so Josh, Tammy, we had a lot of voicemails on this giveaway, all wanting to win that CB radio package that John arranged with Radiodity, uh, radioodity.com. Tony, can we please just get on with announcing the winner? No, please, no. Allow me. The sixth caller, the winning caller, the person who gets the prize package for the CB, the antenna, and the remote speaker that really... It was a CB, a speaker, and an antenna? Boy, I should have written her down this. Drum roll, please! Josh D. from Greenville, Texas. Josh? Yes, Tammy? No, no, not you, Josh. The listener, oh. Josh. The <laughs> yeah. Josh D. you just announced? His <laughs> information, yeah. His information has been sent to Radiodity, and he should be seeing the CB package, hopefully before Christmas. Hey, don't forget to share some pictures of the goodies you receive on uh, on social media and be sure and tag us, hashtag, or pound sign if you're old, Jeep Talk Show. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've been listening to you guys for free for, I don't know, years now, and I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit you know i want to take a moment and thank you for being a paid subscriber to the show because of your generosity giveaways like this one uh we're starting on this episode are possible wait 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 what what giveaway tony are are we giving away something else tonight (laughs) oh boy are we ever but not until later in the show so keep (gasps) listening how's that for a tease they're just gonna pass forward (laughs) yeah they, they, they might skip it Actually, I know. actually, we'll chop it up and, and just scatter it across a the entire show. Here, a part there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Scavenger hunt. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds great. Jeep uh-huh. <laughs> Night, for will for help, isn't going on currently. We'll be back March through October, and I'm looking forward to it. Guys, the bonus material. I keep hearing you in the bonus material talk about how people don't know. They've got to download the app. They've got to get it going. They've got to hear it. It's a conversation. You know, the show you do is amazing. Why well, continue to listen over and over and over. But the bonus material really lets me learn you guys. The personality shows through. The attitude shows through. It's good. Uh, that said, two weeks ago, I was driving out of town to work at another not job, location, and I hear Josh talking about his Jeep breaking down. Long story short, get a battery jump starter, have that always 24-7 on you, and AAA. You drive an old Jeep, I drive an old Jeep. I've got AAA. AAA is fantastic. I've called it more times than I'd like to care to know I've done. But that's just two things you've got to do. The company that you no longer have supporting you guys has got battery jump starters left and right. Those things are fantastic. I've lived by those now in the last three years. It's a good suggestion to buy. Tammy can do a little product review of it. Well, she doesn't do that anymore. She does Jeep Life. <laughs> Tammy, you're doing a good job. Welcome back to the show. Fantastic travels. Hope you find a job. Josh, 
keep putting up lights, Tony. Whatever do you, you do. Whatever. <laughs> I want to see some Tony, more whatever. aerial flights of drones. <laughs> That's, again, bonus material. You hear about it, you look it up, you can find it. Show's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to keep drinking because I've got a day off. <laughs> Enjoy, guys. Bye. Cheers. Uh, Next jo- time. Josh is he needs to let us know what he's drinking. Josh is right in the notes. I swear this guy is drunk every time he calls in. <laughs> <laughs> I love these show notes that we can type back and forth stuff. So, you know, but he made a great point about the app. Uh, we, we really haven't been pushing the app, but uh, almost every week there is the little bit of chat that uh, Josh, Tammy, and I, until until Tammy fades and says, can I leave so I she know. can go to bed. Oh, my God. But there's yeah, I little, don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, the little three-way chat uh, after the show, and, and you hear uh, some of the some of the, just the background stuff. And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I guess it's kind of like uh, Campfire Side Chat, but uh, uh, less produced, less just, just chatting. So oh, much, much less produced. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to? You want a little he, bit of? I was just going to say he's right. You get to really, you know, because we it's like we let our guard down a little bit, and we're just yeah. You get to you know, get to pull the curtain back and kind of see right. a little bit of the inner workings of the show, and and we do talk shop a little bit, yeah. and, and and sort of you know how the show is getting produced and, and what we're sort of doing, you know, as far as wrapping up and mastering of the show and. And that sort of stuff, and and you get to, you get to you know kind of hear all that and join in on that in in a manner of speaking, and and that's only available in the bonus content, which is only available if you have the did I mention free app that you can download for either your Apple or Android device. And you know we don't have giveaways every week, but when we do, <laughs> the app is going to allow you to hear that episode sooner than anybody else. Because within just a few minutes of the show being published, it's available on the app. So there's lots of good reasons for getting that. Really, there's there's no reason for us to even push this other than we went to the trouble of uh, went to the trouble of paying somebody to to put this up for us. So it's a great app. It's a lot of there's a lot of use to it. It allows you to subscribe to the show. It's just there when you need it. So it's a great thing to do. Uh, it's both on uh, Apple iOS and Android. Uh, hell, it even works on your tablet. So Get it, install it, and see if you enjoy the uh, the stories that we have uh, after the show. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I think, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! I don't know about you, but I really like the cold. Our Jeeps, mm-hmm. well, probably not as much as I do. Old man winter comes around. <laughs> no, really not. I, anything over like 80 degrees and it should screw it. I'm done. I, but a yeah, uh, nice calm 40 degrees 45 degrees oh sure no problem all day long you know old man winter comes around each and every year and it drains our batteries shrinks our seals and freezes out our locks not to mention makes our commute or drive to the parts store a lot harder than it really needs to be although there's not a lot we can do about those non-jeep owners on the road we can make owning a jeep in the dead of winter a little bit easier with a couple of easy tricks in episode 414 tony gave us the top five tips for keeping your windshield from icing up We'll add one more to that list, courtesy of listener Louis Wong, who suggests keeping a spray bottle of 80% or better isopropyl alcohol handy, as a few spritz of that will have the windshield ice-free in no time. Even if your Jeep is parked right out in the driveway, getting from the front door to your Jeep in the middle of a harsh winter can be pretty miserable. It's worse if you get there only to find that the door locks are frozen, uh, frozen up. Hand sanitizer is going to be your key to getting back inside of your vehicle. 
The alcohol in the hand sanitizer works in the same way it does on the windshield to thaw the ice, as alcohol doesn't really freeze that well, certainly not in the temperatures that we see. So you can hop in and get the heater turned on on high even faster. Ever have the doors free shut on you on your Jeep before? It sucks, and the only way in is to chip away enough ice around the edges to force your way inside. Actually, you can prevent this from happening altogether by spraying the door edges with cooking spray. Just be sure to wipe off the excess. That'll keep the moisture away, and no moisture means no freezing, means no ice, means you can get in and out of your vehicle at will. Are your tires a little too worn to be facing that sudden slippery snowfall? Well, just lower your tire's pressure a little bit. A good 10 pounds or so should do it, and you'll be getting better traction than if you hadn't. If you have a deep winter survival tip for owning a Jeep, give us a call, write us a message like Louie did, and share your idea. I cannot believe. I mean, I know that it makes sense, but I cannot believe that it, your doors, you wouldn't be able to open your doors because of ice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, man. So right now, as yeah. we are recording this, there is a, a big system moving through the Pacific Northwest. And just north of me, about five miles is all, they have a winter storm warning um, with a, a potential of a one inch of freezing rain. That means <laughs> oh, my goodness. Be That's inch bad. Of ice over <laughs> everything. Now, we've had it as bad as uh, here as bad as a half of an inch. And at that point, you're screwed. You're done. There's you're not going anywhere. You can't get in the car. You couldn't even drive if you could get to the car because everything literally, literally everything has a half inch of ice on it. Good times, let me tell you. So yeah, those who kind of live down south a little bit, or, you know, you guys don't don't really understand the frustration of what freezing rain does and 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 what this what this ice really does to to vehicles and just how impossible it is to go through life once you get a little bit of ice rain in, especially if it's you know quarter inch, a half inch, or as much as we're expecting right now, up to an inch of ice rain. That'll well, just put a stop to everything. Down here in southeast Texas, we get uh, freezing uh, rain or freezing pre- precipitation much more often than, uh, well, I guess freezing precipitation could be snow. But anyway, I'm talking about the ice. We have ice storms a lot more often oh, than, than we really? have snow. Yeah, Wouldn't think and, you'd get them down there that far, that far south. But, yeah, I guess it's the, the mixture of the, the gulf, keeping things warm, and you get just the right mixture, and uh, it, it'll freeze up. But yeah, that half inch. Uh, on the, uh, the the little branches on the trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Bye Absolutely gorgeous. And oh uh, no, it is very pretty. Yeah. For all the photogs out there, it it is it is definitely uh you know break out the camera time. But uh but yeah, not not so much to to try and you know make it around and, and do anything in. No, but uh, yeah, T- Tammy, you get a lot of snow. Uh, d- does it yeah. freeze much out there? Do you get the do you get the ice rain and stuff too? Yeah, it's um, but we haven't had any big ice storms in a long, long, long time. Oh wow! Um, I mean, we get freezing rain, but not to where like what you're talking about, where it's going to coat the trees and it's you know how it's going to hang and drip and pull the power lines down. We haven't had that in quite a while, but we'll get freezing rain. But you know, by the afternoon, it's pretty cleared up. Hey, quick tip for all of you soft top owners that uh, live in in freezing climates and stuff like that, where you do see ice rain uh, and your Jeep gets a little frozen, do not hit your soft top to knock the ice off. You're going to damage it. You can even break your soft top uh, when that fabric freezes in it and it gets a little bit of moisture in it. If you start pounding on that, you're going to break the ice and you can actually just break that fabric as if it was, you know, mm-hmm. dipped in liquid nitrogen and, and hit with a hammer or something like that. It can happen, especially on and around the, where the windows are. Um, so just if you if your top freezes up, don't start pounding on it. Just let it thaw. 
I wonder if those ice crystals do do damage to the fabric. Tammy, uh, have you had any considerations with that on yours? I have a garage, so... Um, <laughs> Way um, to crap on his point. You know, yeah, I never really thought about it. Um, I, I was mean, just thinking that be, well, yeah. maybe there's I mean, some sort of something that you can put on the cloth top to keep the right. to keep the water from penetrating because i mean you know well, that's that's the whole problem with the uh, uh, cryogenic freezing of people is because the ice crystals right. and it damages the cells so I, I don't know that the same thing happens with the soft tops but i wonder if that Look shortens like the it. life so well, there are it, it does if you get a, a large mass of ice on the soft top and on the top for instance oh, yeah, and, and you don't and you don't have one of the extra support bars like we've talked about in the past to hear just in the recent last i don't know five six eight episodes or so i'd have to go back and and find out which one we were talking about this extra support bar in the in the must-have item of the week oh, yeah, um, but uh, if you've got one of those well that will help Otherwise, the ice and, and all that weight, and even if, even if there's snow on top of it, can actually stretch the fabric out. And as you go down the freeway, you're going to get even worse flapping noises and stuff like that. And this is going to get worse and worse and worse each and every winter if your Jeep is parked outside, if it sees a lot of ice collection or snow collection up on the roof. So this is just something to watch out for. It, the ice unto itself, the freezing of the top... Eh, it's it's likely not going to just ultimately damage the vehicle. Obviously, a, a, a soft top in in uh, Alaska is probably not going to have the lifespan of like a soft top in Arizona, for instance. Uh, one is probably going to have a little bit more UV fade than the other, but um, likely the, the top from Alaska is not going to have the longevity that a top in, in a more sunny climate, a warmer climate is going to have just because of the freezing, the moisture, the heat side, the, you know, the temperature cycles and stuff like that. So, so I guess the, the, the moisture, the, the water actually doesn't penetrate uh, the soft top because otherwise you'd have leaks inside right. inside there so i guess it doesn't well, go that far through but it just hit me like oh crap you know i i we don't have to worry about that down here so much but that i was just was thinking i wonder if there's something you could put on there to to help protect it the, surely somebody's come up with something anything to add maybe you have a question for tech talk or a topic that you would like for us to cover just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message let us let us know what you would like for us to talk about the Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob Antonio Tuskegee. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Yoo-hoo. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey, guys. This is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jake in Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Free. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Secretary Jake Collin. This is John, I'm Free Runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Contact segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, Anal Probe Restraint System. No! No, no. That's not right. We love our listeners. You know, I love hearing all those voices, and we haven't right. heard from a lot of those people for a very long time. Yeah, I are know. you are you still out there? Are you still listening? Well, we want to hear from you. Call in. We don't. We it, it's it's just a treat for us to hear you on our voicemail from around the world, <laughs> or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. 
Alrighty, oh boys and girls, you know we've had a break here for a couple of episodes, no with uh, no interviews, and uh, kind of out of the blue, uh, this uh, young lady gave me a, a holler and said, "Hey, I'm ready to do my interview now, Mister. Uh, what was that, Mister Demille? I'm ready for my close up, that type of thing." Yeah. So <laughs> we have uh, Wendy Stevens on, and she's here. Actually, she's the the lady that helped me uh, navigate much of. Uh, John Bull and uh, what was the other the other trail Gold Golden Mountain Trail or uh, Gold yeah Go- Gold Mountain in Big Bear California yeah Big Bear California wonderful trip so Wendy was my first spotter and I have a whole host of spotter questions. Uh, <laughs> I am ready. Go right ahead. Ask away. Let's but, see if we can help your listeners and yourself as well. But Wendy, thank you very much for being uh, being here with us and and sharing your time with uh, with our listeners. So the, the the thing I want to start with though is first off, do you live in Big Bear Lake, California? Yes, I do. Actually, oh, we, I hate we you. live in Big Bear and we have access <laughs> to a lot of the trails, and uh, makes it nice to live here. Be close to everything. It is just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I I don't uh, I hate Don and I hate Cody's brother Casey uh, because <laughs> and now I hate you because all three of you live there. <laughs> <laughs> we are very lucky and blessed at the same time. Yes, we are. Yeah, it's uh, it's very much a touristy town, though, isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, we People come from all over, but not only is it the skiing, but there's a lot of the Jeep trails, and people come for the lake, and hiking, and just bicycling, about anything that you want to do up here in Big Bear. It's actually a really nice destination for people to come and enjoy, and of course, the jeeping is probably oh, one of the biggest lures. Oh my God. That was another reason to hate Don. We literally got in the Jeeps <clears throat> at his house and then drove maybe five minutes before we were on the, yep. the, the major trail. I mean, I I have to drive at least an hour to go someplace that sucks to go off-road. <laughs> Yeah, you you just have to come visit us more often. So you can do that. <laughs> I, I'd love to go. Would use my Jeep. Uh, it would be more of a challenge since I'm uh, I'm not on. I'm only on 33s, not 37s, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But anyway, uh, before I get too far off the off the trail, so to speak, uh, get back to what I was asking you on. Uh, you're you're there in Big Bear, uh, Lake California. Oh, I got to ask about the snow. You recently got a bunch of snow, didn't you? Yeah, it's Thanksgiving Day. We got about four feet. Between three and four, depending on where you were located up here. They actually closed all the roads. Um, nobody could get in or out, which is kind of a first for me up here. And um, it lasted about a day and a half, maybe two days. And then we had rain a few days later and washed a lot of it away. So mm-hmm. if it came up right now, you wouldn't even know we had it, which is really unusual. So. But it's so wooded yeah. and there's so many uh, conifers, uh, uh, or is it right? The the like the pine trees and stuff. Those, those type yep. of uh, like Chris, Christmas trees is what I like to call them. Uh, it it just looked <laughs> like Christmas. So this just so much snow and it was on everything. It was just absolutely gorgeous. Now, uh, like I told you in the email, I've seen uh, snow three times in my life, and that was in the seventies. So <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, I've only you have seen definitely missed some things. I'll tell you that it's yeah. really beautiful and it's. Once the snow's done, they call it a bluebird morning or a bluebird day. It's so peaceful, and the sky is crystal blue. It's absolutely gorgeous, and the the snow actually looks like there's little diamonds in it when the sun reflects on it. Mm. Really beautiful. So there is an appeal to it. So, I, I yeah, didn't realize beautiful. you guys had skiing up there. Uh, would that be up in, in the mountains that we were on or higher? Across from where we were on Gold Mountain, you could actually look across to see it. So the slopes are a little bit higher than Gold Mountain, I believe. Uh, I think they're about 8,000 feet. But we have two full ski runs, and uh, they're pretty busy all the time. So, Do you ever go skiing? Not me. <laughs> 
Never have, never done. No, no, That's no interesting. Desire. I think I would have to try it at least once. Anything a fat boy can do that uh, you're less likely to sweat, you got to try at least once. So well, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, we always like to ask people if they have a Jeep. Now, obviously, you, you must have a Jeep. You're in such beautiful country to go off-road. We do. We have a 2008 uh, Rubicon Unlimited. Um, pretty well set up. Um, got about a three-and-a-half-inch lift. Um, of course, we have the Nexon Rodi and MTX tires. I absolutely love those tires, especially for getting through all the obstacles that we do. So, mm-hmm. And I'm sorry it's not red. Oh, that's so. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you have the option, when you get another Jeep, to get a red one, and then you can redeem yourself that way. We could do some accessories in red, possibly. There oh, I like, see, I like the way you think. You know, you want to pe- you appease go. the host, at least for while we're in the, on the interview, which is a good idea. So, um, That's right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you, you mentioned the Nexons, and, and I'm going to get back to that, because that's one of the big things that, that I took away from that trip. Of course, I, Nexon had me out there, but, but even, uh, mm-hmm. even uh, uh, instead of that, there was, uh, I was still very impressed with those. But anyway, so uh, have you, did you guys get your 2008 uh, brand new, or was it new to you recently? Or? Nope. It was new to us. We've had it for, I think, almost four years now. And as we call it, we got it pre-dented, so we didn't have to worry <laughs> about scratches and uh, you know, any types of whatever, although we haven't done a lot of damage to it, thank goodness. But you know, just scratches in the, in the natural brush and things. So yeah. Right. Well, but that's good. We're very happy with it. How often, yeah. do, how often do you get it out there on the trails? Um, you know, we, we belong to the uh, 4x4 club up here in Big Bear, so we try to go out at least once a month, um, but we're probably out maybe a couple times, depending on, you know, the season and what's available and all different kinds of terrain and all kinds of weather, so it doesn't really stop us up here because we're so close, so right. we can get away and do that. Well, and if something happens, you're, you're so close, it's not that hard to, hard to get home, although you wouldn't want to leave your Jeep out there, I'm sure, but it's, it's nice that you don't have to worry about... Uh, the four-hour drive. How am I going to get my Jeep back four hours? And how much is the the, the tow truck going to call uh, cost or the flatbed, et cetera, et cetera? It's just that's just so yeah. nice. It's amazing that well, um, you know. I asked earlier about it being a touristy uh, type town, and I was thinking that would make it difficult to make a a living. I think for most people, unless you were in the tourist industry in some way. I yes, that is true. Um, you you definitely need to be in that sort of industry, you know, to be able to make a living up here and. Um, I guess people do because they're still up here, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, very true. I think All J is the uh, one of the few uh, places that uh, uh, would not be uh, what I would consider a touristy type uh, place. No, and we love him because he just they do such great work and repairs. And I know when people come up from other areas that drive up here, there's several hours to get up to our trails. I know if there's issues or problems, I think they've worked on theirs, and it's just nice to do that. And we also have Desi from the Jeep Experience. You know, he's definitely helping people who don't have a Jeep who want to come and experience Big Bear and the trails. Um, you can rent. So that's a nice feature, too. So Now, that was the individual that we rented the, uh, the Jeeps from, that, uh, that I, the one, like one, the one I drove. I think so, yes, exactly. Okay. Yep. Uh, that, <clears throat> that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that TJ that, uh, that I got to drive. Um, well, you, you you did a really good job, by the way. I'm just going to say that right now. You did a really good job. Well, I appreciate that. I, I figured you were just smoozing me out there so I wouldn't get this terrified and, and file the Jeep, but uh, I appreciate that. Um, so no, <laughs> so um, now, now let's, let's get over to the spotter thing. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I said a long time ago here on this show was, who are these, who are these spotters? I mean, it's just somebody walking around without a Jeep. 
without a Toyota, without a, without a four wheel drive. Maybe they were just some some bum that actually lives out there in the woods, and then now they're showing you which way to go. Is there is there any kind of certificate or anything that somebody has to show? To you, you're trusting your vehicle with the spotter. Now you spotted for us, and you and I thought you did a great job. I mean, you you were the first spotter I had, but you you certainly uh, kept me going, kept me moving, uh, you know, down the trail or up the trail, and uh, but. But how do you know when you the person that's directing you that you should be paying attention to them or not? Do you have to wait till you either don't break something or break something? <laughs> yeah, if there was only a book for it, it'd be awesome. Um, you know, part of it is experience. So if you, uh, there is a set way to spot and to look and see how tires track depending on the length of the vehicle. So you get experience by watching I would say that if you're a brand new driver and you don't know what you're doing, you're going to want to rely on somebody who maybe has experience. Maybe it's somebody in the group that you're with that has been jeeping for a while and you can let them guide you through. Um, The whole purpose of a spotter is that you will pick your line and you think you're going to go here and you believe that you have your tires where they need to be. But once you get close to that obstacle, you can no longer see it. It's harder to see it, I should say. So that spotter is really an extension of your eyes and your direction. What happens to a lot of people is they think, oh, I know what I'm doing, and they get into that first set of tires, the front tires get up on something, and they go ahead and make a turn or a sudden move, and they track the back tires wrong. So then they slip off, they get stuck, or they get whatever. So if you, again, if you're brand new and you're saying, I don't really know what I'm doing, it's good for you to try to look at that person and say, let me see what you're doing. Now, if you're an experienced driver and you've got somebody saying, hey, let me help you through, that's a choice you have to make. The driver has the ultimate decision. Do they want to use a spotter or not? So I've worked with both. I've worked with people like yourself who had not had any experience. I try to take myself and put me in your position. What would I need to tell you to make you feel comfortable to follow my direction? And you did fabulous, by the way. You did exactly what you were told to do. You were slow. That's one thing about spotting is that you need to take your time. Um, So I think it's just a matter of you have to kind of learn who it is. If you watch, if you're in a line and you see four or five deeps ahead of you, get out. Go watch how those people are going through. Do you like the track they're doing? Is every Jeep falling off? Are they slipping? Are they doing something wrong? Then pick a different line. If the person directing it is not working for you, you can make the choice to do something different. So it's kind of an experience level on the driver and also the spotter. So it was easy for me because you were selected either uh, by Don or somebody, and I, I trusted him and his his experience. So whenever the, he said this is our spotter, I had no problems mm-hmm. with, with trusting you. But the thing I the thing I wonder about is when you go out there, maybe you're at a new place or, or, or it's a just some random person that's you know doing the you know the, signaling to the the pilots to pull the plane in. <laughs> And you're and yeah. you're going. Who is this person, and how do I know? I guess that you just have to decide if you're going to trust them or not. And if you get stuck or or something uh, hits that shouldn't have hit, then you know that that spotter isn't really on their game. Well, and also too, it's the level of your comfort level. So when you're out, you know we don't jeep alone for the most part. You know, we we would do simple fire roads by ourselves, but we're really not going to go out by ourselves. So who you choose to take with you is also something to have consideration. If you're all learning together, then you all learn together. Nobody has a problem. You you try it's trial and error. 
maybe you're the spotter trying to see how those tires come and you're asking them to come forward and then you're asking them to turn or to, you know, give you a little more drive or a little more passenger. If that person's learning, that's sort of a learning curve, they're learning as well. But if you're out by yourself and you need help, you kind of almost have to trust whoever's going to guide you. You can look at your line. You're trying to set the line up so that you believe the length of my vehicle should go through this this much time. And as you slowly work through it, you feel it. And it's really a feeling when you're driving. You're actually understanding, okay, my front tires just went down off this rock. Now I know the length of my vehicle. If it's a four-door, you've got so much time. And you kind of like, let me control the rear, we call it. Slowly go down so that you're not hitting the back of that bumper. So then you sort of get to learn, well, where did my tires go? Did they go off the same rock that my front tires? Or did I turn too quick? Or did I make a a move that actually created my tires to pop off or slow off, you know, um, sorry, to actually fall off the rock. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a learning thing. So it is kind of a weird, I can't give you a set answer of this is exactly how you get it. There's no certificate that I'm aware of. Um, I somehow have an ability to look at the vehicle, see the size and length, and get you through almost any obstacle. I'm still learning, even though I do a really good job. I think it's still a learning process. I watch how does a vehicle go through, and it really depends on the driver. Are they going to listen to me? You know, that's another <laughs> thing, too. I would imagine there's a lot of machismo that uh, uh, regulates how much they're going to listen to you as well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've been it, doing it this for funny. years, and I'm going to do what I want to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and that's true. And so I don't, I don't have an ego in it. I don't, don't care if someone comes up and says, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, fine, I'm here. I will help you when you get stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you out when you're in a bad situation. And they may go through fine and it's good. And they're happy with their, their line. They may not go through fine. And we, we had a run we did at night, um, Motino Wash, which was, it's a pretty, um, it's a definite should be a black, it is a black diamond, although I don't think it's marked on the trails. Pretty, pretty rugged. And there was a driver who would not listen to <laughs> the spotter, myself. And so... This I wasn't your husband. First... This wasn't your husband, right? No. My <laughs> husband's fabulous, by the way. He listens all the time. Um, but he, he literally was... What he was doing is that he was used to maybe looking out or just doing his own thing. And so I'd get him up on the rock with the front tires, and he'd completely ignore the next step, and he turned too quick. And he continually dropped himself down, and then we had to actually... We had to pull him out a couple of times, and we actually had to use the jack a couple of times. Wow. So stuck. And you just have to say to yourself, well, I can't fix that. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to listen. And other drivers who have had, let's say, more, many, many, many years experience, they were even trying to help. And this particular driver wasn't listening. Well, you can't fix that. You just can't. So I don't have an ego involved. If you don't want to listen, that's fine. But I can get you through a lot of things and make it more enjoyable and have a good experience for you. So, And you did learn a lot, Tony. You may not realize it, but having gone through that, that obstacles and going through it and listening to what you're doing with your tires, you did pick up some skill. And the next time you go out and the next time you'll be applying that and you don't even realize that that's what happened. So, but you, yeah. did, you did great. I appreciate that. So that was the other thing I was going to ask you. Um, I guess that it, if uh, you spot for more than just Jeeps, right? I mean, uh, do, do you do uh, like the Toyotas, uh, maybe full-size trucks? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter whoever's on our run. If somebody needs assistance, I will do it. And again, it has to do with, you know, body length and driver paying attention. I think that's the biggest thing is that if you trust your spotter, then you need to listen to your spotter. You need to watch your spotter only. Mm -hmm. You can't be looking around. You can't be trying to guess it, second-guessing that person. You have to allow the spotter to get you through whatever the obstacle is. 
the spotter messes up, spotter messes up. Right. But then you learn from it. But honestly, I think that's the biggest mistake people make is so I go, yeah, go ahead and help me. Oh, no, I don't need you now. I'm good. Well, you're not <laughs> even through yet, guy. You're, you're not going to make it. <laughs> so. So is there is there basic information you need to know? I mean, you've mentioned uh, body length, uh, uh, but is there something that the driver should actually impart to you, or do you have to ask at some point? I know you knew the vehicles that that we were driving when I was out there, and you know you knew I had lockers. But does would it be a, a good thing to let the? Uh, I mean, if you're at a Rubicon, that you know there's lockers. But if you're not in a Rubicon, right. somebody may have put right. lockers in, and would that be a good thing to let the spotter know? You know, what I do, too, is I, I want to know who the driver is quickly. Have you had experience? And I can tell by looking, the either they're afraid because this is a big obstacle or they have this look of, I don't know that I could do this kind of a feeling. Right. So I try to make people feel at ease. And I think part of that is just reminding them to, it's very slow process. Throttle is not your friend when you are going through obstacles. You need to be very slow. And if you do it methodically and you listen and you're quiet about it and you just sort of, you know, change your tone and everything is good, then, you know, everything goes through smoothly. So I don't get in too much in the technical as far as asking them or having to know all of these details. I know the minute that they start if the lockers are on or not because of my experience, I can see are the wheels spinning or not. Um, you know, that kind of deal, reminding them not to be heavy on the throttle because it isn't always necessary. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you do right. have to give a little push to get yourself up and over something. And that usually has to do with tire. So if somebody's, you know, running a tire that maybe doesn't have as much grip or they didn't air down as much, that kind of changes how you get them through an obstacle. So it is a little bit of I'm assessing pretty quickly Maybe them, maybe I'm having a quick conversation, maybe I'm reminding them of, because I'm in front of them half the time, so I need to be out of the way if they hit that throttle. Too <laughs> very, very true. That, you know, and you remember going back downhill, I'm like, okay, hang on a second, you got to wait for me, let me get out of your way. Oh, and because my gosh, you gotta, go wrong. you got to be part Billy Goat to be uh, to walking up and around those trails. I got out of the Jeep and I thought I was going to fall down. I know, and lucky for me, I love that kind of stuff, so I don't have a problem with it. But you do have to be careful, because sometimes you're walking backwards as a spotter, uh-huh, yeah. so you have to know where you're stepping, you could fall down. You need to be clear in case that driver isn't paying attention, and they hit that throttle and maybe do something silly. Um, so there are things, as a spotter, you really do need to take that safety as being the number one concern as well, for both the driver and, and yourself. Now, is there somebody that you will refuse to spot for, like the guy that's got the beer in one hand, the steering wheel on the other, and he's acting <laughs> way too brave? Because uh, uh, I would think that would be a danger right. to you. Yeah. Yeah, I've not run into that. Luckily, with our club and the runs that we do, we just don't allow alcohol. Good. Um, it's a safety thing. And so that's just one of our things. I, I don't think as a person I'd probably want to do that. Again, someone like that, probably is a little more of a hot rod i don't, I don't mm-hmm. need to be in the middle of that there's no. nothing i need to prove yeah you was, know? And I, they, I figured there might be yeah. somebody you just wave off from like no i'm sorry you know you go ahead or let somebody else do it i'm not going to be the well, the bowling pin here in as, front of you as an example on that same that night run that we did in Latino wash there was a couple of other visitors and one of them was you know he liked to be heavy on that throttle i didn't even bother to help him he knew what he was doing he thought he got stuck a couple times. He got himself out. We didn't bother because someone like that doesn't want to be helped. And right. spotting really is there to assist. It's not an ego thing. It's not saying that you don't know what you're doing. And I think maybe guys have a little bit more of a problem with saying, hey, I need help. 
But honestly, you should ask because the only way you're going to learn is by doing, letting someone spot you through, feeling your Jeep as you go through, and at the same time, get out, watch the obstacle, and see what other people are doing. It's the best way to learn to drive. It's the best way to learn to spot. It's the best way to get a feel for what's going on with the vehicles. You know, it's funny hearing you talk about slow and methodical, slow, slow, slow. I'm remembering. I heard that a lot from you. Go slow. Go slow. Mm -hmm. Go slow. (laughs) I had no problem at all. I had no problem at all listening to you or taking your direction. I I, I didn't have any experience, but I was just really surprised how incredibly easy it was. And I think a a large portion of that, of course, the, the way the Jeep was built that I was driving, I think really helped. But from what I heard from you guys, those necks and tires, those MTX, Rodian MTXs, were phenomenal on the rocks. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I we've had our fair share of tires as we've gone through the years, and it just is amazing how that tire is soft enough to grip, but firm enough to get you up and over. And, you know, we've obviously, Don Alexander's done testing, you know, with the tires in all different kinds of terrain. And, you know, he's shown how well it performs. But when you're spotting and I see those tires come, I'm like, yes, <laughs> because I know that the driver isn't going to have to struggle as much. Now, there's always going to be an issue. Maybe it's uh, the way the Jeep's set up. Maybe it's not. Um, maybe the throttle control on the driver, because that is another thing, too. The slower you go, it seems harder to keep that throttle going and keeping it a nice, even keel. It really is. But the bottom line is those tires just perform so well that I don't have to think about they're not going to make it up or they're going to slip off where you see other types of brands. I know instantly if I don't keep this person on track straight and he doesn't listen or she doesn't listen, then that's going to slip off and I'm going to have a different issue because it's harder to get them out of the situation when they don't have good tread and the ability to really grip. Mm -hmm. So. Really the, nice tire. the thing that that shocked me so much because all you guys I could tell you've got a lot had a lot of experience much more than I had you were all just blown away by the next entire and I am just so surprised that they've only been around uh, at least in the off-road tires I think uh, Paul uh, said for for a couple of years maybe three years so they're really yeah. new to the off-road I just don't know how they got they made such a phenomenal off-road tire uh, I've had mine. I've, I took mine off road uh, about a month ago, and oh, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I got a set and uh, took them off road, uh, and they they worked fine. But the thing I noticed so much was they feel great just driving around on the road. Uh, it, it was just so incredibly smooth and different, and they're mud terrains. Um, I've yep. had I've had two sets. I think that's right. Maybe three sets of uh, BFGs, the mud terrain BFGs, and uh, I. But, you know, you can tell when they're, when they're new, but none of them mm-hmm. have felt like these uh, these uh, uh, Nexon Rodian MTX tires. Uh, I, I love them. I think they're great. And, it, I, you know, tires, buying tires is almost a thing like you, um, it's like getting picking a school for your kid. You don't want to put them yeah. in just any school because it, it, tires are so expensive, especially off-road tires. And you don't want to yep. test all that money on something. So going out there and getting to drive on the, the, the Nexon Rodian MTX has really helped me. And, of course, hearing all the, the amazement that you guys had about it uh, was uh, uh, was great, too. So I don't know how they did it, but I'm happy that I've got it. And they're cheaper. I think I saved like, like 300 bucks or something, not going with yep. the, the, the KM3s, I think, that are out now uh, from, uh, from BFG. So uh, 1000 bucks. I had five tires. I know it's amazing, and I, I ours is a daily driver as well. And 
it's just a nice tire that I know I can drive on the freeway. I can do the mountain roads, getting off the mountain. I can go off the road and go in the mountains and do everything with the tire. I don't have to change or do anything other than air down when I'm on, you know, off road. Um, it's just, it's really nice and having that safety and feeling confident in that tire. Right. So, and then being able to be a spotter and watch it on the outside, that's when you really get that confidence because you see what that tire is actually doing. So if you haven't done that yet, you know, maybe somebody put, if you haven't seen it, I know you were watching when we had you out, but now that you have some experience with your own Jeep, get out and watch those tires perform. And it really just, it just changes. You're like, wow. Okay. I get it. <laughs> so you guys have a set. How long have you had the the set on there? Or maybe you have, you had maybe a couple of sets. I don't know. I'm, what I'm getting, uh, uh, what I'm asking is how long, how long did they last? Yeah, we've, we just have the, it's our first set. So, um, you know, we haven't seen any real issues. We put a set on our uh, lifted Chevy truck as well, which pulls a fifth wheel. So we're curious to see what that mileage will do as well and, and how that wears, but it's been amazing in the truck too. So it's, it's a really good tire. I, I just, I can't wait to see how it performs, you know, throughout its life, but I think we're going to get quite a lot of miles on it. It seems like it, it doesn't seem to be a real soft tire, um, but it, it works so well that I was thinking something's got to be wrong with it. <laughs> so some, some listeners have been listening to me talk about the Nexon, and of course, uh, Tammy has been uh, talking about them as well, and we all love them, uh, but I've been getting questions for people like, how do they do in the snow? And of course, I refer them back to Don's testing, but uh, have you yeah. driven yours in the snow, and how did they perform? Oh, yes. It's amazing. Um, there's really hardly any slippage, depending on the snow. You can have icy sections that any tire is going to move a little bit, but the traction in the snow has been amazing. So that is one nice thing about being up here. When we do get some kind of snowfall, not last Thanksgiving with four feet, we didn't do anything because we couldn't get out of the house, but normal snowfall up here, which may be, you know, four to five, six, eight inches, we are all looking to go out because it's nice to see that tire perform in the snow. So I love it. The mud's been great, water, regular, you know, dry conditions as well. So very happy with it. Excellent. Uh, so, really, the only uh, the only unanswered question I have is how long will they last? The BFGs will will last a very long time, and I'm hoping to get the similar mileage out of that. Uh, but but we'll see. I, I, I think it's going to be the same. I just have a feeling because I'm watching how the treads, you know, how it's working and how the tires work, and I I think we are going to get quite a bit out of it. I really do. Just a beautiful tire. I really like seeing them on my uh, on my Cherokee. They just really look nice and uh i got to uh rub it on a, a vehicle the other day that was trying to uh uh get in front of me uh at a intersection oh. not, not an intersection on ramp they 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 signaled oh, no. so i think they thought it was okay for them to pull over and nah, just rub it right along down the side <laughs> people <laughs> so it survived it even survived a minor collision so <laughs> yeah well, wow well wendy oh, well, um glad you're okay though oh no it, it wasn't a big deal i just kept going uh, it was it was his fault. Um, so uh, nothing like a good hit and run right at Christmas time. So uh, we always like to ask folks how people can uh, f- uh, follow you on the social media, the Instagram, the Facebook. Do you got, got anything like that? You know, we're starting to put something together on Instagram um, for spotting and, and looking at doing some things like that, and then tying into what Don's doing with his Jeep four one one and all of that. So as soon as I get that up and running, I'll let you know. Okay, great. And we can put that on the website uh, so people can check that out. And if, you, if you've if you ever thought about going to just a absolutely wonderful place to go off-road, I highly recommend going to Big Bear Lake 
and uh, go out there and visit Don. Uh, Don has a, a school that he can actually uh, show you how to go off-road if you don't have a lot of experience. And there's a, a great place there that you can rent the Jeep from. So all you got to do is get yourself out there. And I can tell you this, right. the, the drive from Ontario Airport is uh, is Ontario. Is that, is, that, is that right? I always think Canada when I Yeah, when I that is. It. No, it's Ontario. <laughs> Correct. So that drive from on the Ontario airport is absolutely wonderful. If you can, if you could rent a Viper, I would highly recommend renting a Viper to drive out to Big Bear Lake just to take all those those that, turns and stuff. That, that would be fun. Oh my gosh, with the turns! <laughs> wow, that'd be awesome. Oh, it's just amazing. It's a wonderful drive. I did, I had a blast just driving out there. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for being with us, and of uh, of course, have a, a very Merry Christmas, and uh, I still hate you. You live in one of the most beautiful places in the world, and you got a Jeep that's in things. Don't hate me. Things, Don't hate me. Come visit us. Things to go, <laughs> places to go with your Jeep that are so close by, but that, that's wonderful. Thank you very much for making time for us tonight. Thank you so much, and have a, have a Merry Christmas. Hey, big thanks again to Wendy Stevens for taking the time to talk about what it was like spotting an event like that and what it was like wheeling with Tony. Do you have an idea for a guest, or do you work in the off-road industry, or maybe you know somebody who does? Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show just to tell your own Jeep story. Sure love to have you. Go over to jeeptalkshow.com contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? Very well, maybe you. From the mind of Nikki G. This portion of Nikki G brought to you by Legos. <laughs> Want to know what it feels like to give birth to a 40-pound toddler? Try stepping on a Lego. That's Legos. Legos not suitable for financing Jeep mods. Oh, yes, they are. Hey, this is Nikki G. And, uh, Tammy, I've been following you on this uh, Transamerica trail thing. And uh, it's it's taking too much time. You can probably cut your time by two-thirds if you just get on the highway. Uh-huh. Or, you know, if you can get on a plane and travel from east coast to west coast and back in a day no fuss no muss you you, know, you don't have to take three months doing it now with that being said uh i understand that a lot of people might not have understood my uh, super croc reference last week uh for those of you who don't know super croc was uh some guy who didn't have a life they would just call podcasts every week if you can imagine that and uh so if you don't really know who Supercroc is, I, I dug up an old audio file of him. Greetings and salutations. This is the Supercroc reporting live from Minnesota, where our state bird is the mosquito. Yep, yep. <laughs> we chose the mosquito because it's the only thing that doesn't taste good in barbecue sauce, you know. Hey, Supercroc, if you hear this, call in, man. We miss you, buddy. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. <laughs> oh, it's man. a G podcast, fellas. <laughs> As mentioned before, there was such big interest in the Radiotity CB giveaway. We've decided to do one of our own. We're going to give away one CB radio, but you'll get to pick from two different CBs. John from our Radio Comtech segment recommended an all-in-one CB that you can hold in your hand. This seems to be one of the, the one the most Jeep owners like because you don't need a whole lot of space to install it. We've selected the Midland 75822 40-channel CB radio. Not only can you use this 4-watt radio on your externally mounted antenna and power provided by your Jeep, you can quickly attach an antenna to it and slide on its own dedicated battery pack and now you have a 4-watt walkie-talkie. Perfect for those who find themselves spotting more than wheeling. 
the second choice for you for your more refined, more refined CBs <laughs> connoisseurs. Tony, what do we have for them? Well, this is a full-size Uniden PC78 LTX, uh, the forgotten twin to the famous Cobra 29. This has all the bells and whistles you want in a full-size CB radio, built-in SWR meter, mic, RF gain, PA function, and more. Now, remember, you can only pick one of these great CB radios, but only if you're, you are the lucky caller. You don't have to decide which one you want right now. I don't want people calling in and saying, I want the, I want the handheld one. No, <laughs> you've got to be the right caller. So <laughs> wait, wait till you actually win, and then we'll find out from you. Tammy, tell our listeners how they can win their very own CB radio from the Jeep Talk Show. It sounded like Vanna. Tell her. Um, okay, Tony. Spin the damn I, wheels, Pat. I know. <laughs> Actually, Vanna replaced Pat the other day. It was kind of interesting. I heard about but, that. After uh, yeah. 600 years, that's about damn yeah. time. <laughs> uh, so, we're digressing here. Okay, Tony. So, I'm going to change Are things up a little bit. Are you new to the show, Tammy? <laughs> I know. I'm going to change things up a little bit. And I want more people to have a chance to get this oh, great good. giveaway. Yeah. So, listeners... You need to be caller number 1717. And you must say this phrase. This is the phrase that pays. Okay, listen very closely. I want to fuck win something from the Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, it's about damn time. I want to win something. <laughs> Tony, you're going to bleep that out, right? <laughs> yes, but they okay. need to say the word when they call in. <laughs> so Tammy, can I say a that harsh? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, can I say that again? Okay, here's the oh, phrase that pays. I want to f- win something from the Jeep Talk Show. <laughs> That's hilarious, Tammy. <laughs> I, I like that word. Okay, well, I said it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is what you should expect when Tammy's in the driver's seat, right? So you heard it. You need to get. Uh, you need to be caller number seventeen and say the phrase that pays. I want to. F- win something from the jeep talk show just go over to our website right now jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look for our voicemail number use that number to call in and don't forget our simple easy to remember rules you must be 18 years of age or older your mailing address must be in the continental united states you may only call in once per giveaway any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time your call must include your caller id one chance to win per individual per giveaway all these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway we will contact you with a text message at the number you called from good luck jeeper hey you got a little frog in your throat there josh <laughs> Okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out! It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Now, what is it and why do I want it? So, Tammy, have you been talking to somebody about not doing these things anymore? Because our, our voicemail caller was saying you're not you're not going to be doing know. this anymore. <laughs> I know. No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, actually. good. So you haven't quit no. you haven't quit doing product reviews. Good. No, All right. No. Um so the last time I did a product review was about the Colby valve and they loved it so much. They reached out to us and they shared a discount code with us and I posted it on the, the Facebook and stuff. Um, but I just wanted to remind folks, you have a couple more days to use it. It's 20% off and the, um, the code is Jeep talk 20. Um, the Colby valve is a must, must, must have in your recovery gear. So go check it out on their um, website. It's ColbyValve.com. So what you're saying so I, is it's a good thing to have. It's a nice thing to have. 
Yes. No, it's a must-have. <laughs> she was just going along. <laughs> yes, Tony. Yes. No, it's a must-have. <laughs> and actually, so there's a video of when I was wheeling um, home court in Kingman, Arizona, and it's where I popped my bead because I tore the valve stem cover, and you can hear the pop, and there's a video of them putting this Colby valve in, and it just shows you how great it is. So if you go to AZ West Side Wheelers on YouTube, um, the video is up. I think that's the right one. Um, well, we'll have the right one for uh, in, the, yes. in the show notes anyway. So anyway, it's a really great video, and um, you can really see how it works. So now on to... Um, my product review. Well, let, me, let me ask you a quick question, Tammy. Yep. I, wanted, I wanted to ask you about this the other day, but we were having Skype issues. So the, the Colby valve, is it just cheddar or can you get like uh, a pepper jack or, you know? No, so they have. I've they been have, holding this in for weeks, Josh. I have to get it out. It's I, clearly. <laughs> that's the name of the guy who invented it, Colby. Okay. <laughs> So no, they don't have a sharp cheddar. They don't have orange. A they're valve. not the Colby no. valves aren't orange or anything no, like that. No, no. See, this is a marketing right, yeah. thing that they should have gone with. It, you yeah. know, if no, they do, they do. They come in black, red, and orange spacers are yes. available. There you go. Uh, and they need Swiss. They need some like holes in it. So it'd be great for you know. This is a whole cheese thing. People like cheese. It's a Jeep podcast, people. <laughs> So that's it's cheap knock twenty. Yeah. No, no cheap yeah. knockoffs. We have the original. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so must, must, must have in your recovery gear, and another must, must, must have is the high lift jack lift mate. And it's funny because when I met Neil in the St. Louis area, and he made me take everything out of my Jeep, and we were picking and choosing what we should put back in my Jeep because I brought way too much stuff. I was going <laughs> to opt out of not putting the high lift jack mate in there because i'm like when am i ever going to use this yeah, well bad idea yes i had to use this when i popped my bead because we were in a precarious situation on the rocks and i mean when we first lifted up my jeep with the high lift jack there just wasn't enough um high lift jack to keep lifting it so we attached the lift mate to the tire to to lift it up and we've actually had to use the lift mate twice on that trail um mm -hmm. because of situations i got in yeah um anyway it's a great product it's um the high lift jack lift mate it's model number lm 100 and it's 34 dollars. it's not a whole lot and this is mainly for trucks and fuvs and jeeps that have larger tires or lift kits that require extensive lifting at a, at lifting height um, that's not available from your bumper jack or even the high lift jack. So, and the lift mate is designed to operate that allow the vehicle to be lifted directly from the wheel. And this helps when you need to get something underneath that wheel to get you up over an obstacle or out of a sticky situation when you're in the rocks. Um, lift capacity, 5,000 pounds. Um, I don't even know how much my Jeep ways but it lifted my jeep um it has rubber coated hooks to protect the wheel which to me i don't really care about that because my wheels are so scraped up it's not even funny um but this is a must have if you off-road and i didn't think i would ever ever use it but i used it twice 
on the trails. Um, and th these were in some really, really rocky trails in some rocky washouts. So I give this five stars, something you must have. Um, and in that same video where you see the Colby valve, you can see um, them using the high lift mate. Um, so I highly recommend getting both of those. And they're both under, you know, 40 bucks. So great stocking stuffers for your Jeep person. Now, Tammy, life. I know you're aware, but I want to make sure the, the, the listener is, is aware. The high lift jacks, I'm sure what you have is the four foot one, the 48 inch one. Uh, they do come in, uh, what is it, 60 inches, uh, like almost, uh, I don't think they have a six foot one. Damn it, no, I, was, I, don't think I was just talking to the high lift guy the other day at SEMA, uh, but but they had the, the, the really long one on there. So there's a, the, that's another way you can go. You can get a much larger high lift, and that way you, you have more room. And it's especially important, like if you're on 40s or, um, mm -hmm. you know, you have a, a, a very good uh, approach and departure angles, that bumper might be up and out of the way real high, and uh, you need a lot of jack to get it up there. So you, there, there is ways around uh, doing what you, were, what you were talking about doing, Tammy. And also, too, I was going to rec recommend to you, um, and I would think this would be a good idea for anybody going over landing, the uh, Tuffy makes a really nice high lift mount that uh, goes right there uh, on the uh, the hinges of the the front door, either passenger oh, side yeah. or. I've uh, seen a lot more of those around. Yeah, lately. and I, I really like that. Uh, and I, of course, I got to see one uh, uh, firsthand while I was there at SEMA talking to uh, uh, the Tuffy guy. And uh, that would be a great way to have the high lift and it not take up room in your Jeep. So mm -hmm. I just put Can mine I underneath our, my. I, I put mine underneath my seats in the back. Well, so. you, you could actually get one of the 60-inch jacks uh, if you were oh, well, mounting yeah. on the side, and it would be a way to right. uh, have right. that uh, additional lifting capability but not take up room because I don't think that's going to fit under your seat. No, that one won't. Oh, probably not a 60-inch, no. Mm -mm. And I know a lot of people are anti-high lift because they're so dangerous. Um, if you use them properly, they're an awesome recovery tool, and mm -hmm. you can actually go to my Jeep Mama YouTube channel, and I did a high lift jack safe use, and I got approval from high lift jack. And well, you need to good. go, yeah, go check that out. You can just search Jeep Mama high lift jack, and it'll pop up. Um, and we can put that link in the show notes as well. But um, yeah, safety, if you use it right, it's a really good tool. Safety third, I always say. Yeah. Have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear on our next product review. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Wear. All right, who's ready for Christmas? Raise your yeah, feet. Yeah, more or less. Raise your oh, feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've been seeing a lot of vehicles that are getting decorated. I've been seeing more and more Jeeps getting Christmas decorated. And, and <laughs> several several years ago, I uh, actually did a competition with my Jeep club that I was a member of at the time, uh, where we was like, you know, okay, uh, who can decorate their Jeep the most Christmassy? And, uh, you know, we had like a, a couple of prizes we gave away to people and whatnot, but... Uh, but that was kind of fun. I don't know if you guys ever, you know, if you see any of the, like, the Jeeps with the roof racks and they got Christmas lights on them or, you know, anything like that. The uh, antlers. I don't know if that's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was but, laughing uh, because I saw uh, somebody posted on uh, locally uh, a cop had pulled a, a a jeep over because it was uh, it had Christmas lights on the rear. Oh, and you in Texas you can't it, the only colors you can have on the rear are yellow and red, and you can't have red uh, on the front or, or blue. Actually, you can't have blue either. So, uh, I, you know, I mean, the Christmas spirit. Come on, man. Yeah, Let them go. I know, right? Yeah. They, they, nobody's going to get confused. That they think that that's a, I know, uh, right? <laughs> an emergency vehicle <laughs> or a police officer. Vehicle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I mean, it well, is law, I, but come on. Christmas time, there should be less yeah, laws. I know. There should be less of that going on. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the intent of the law, you know. <laughs> uh, not necessarily the letter. Well, I finally uh, pressure washed the Jeep. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Did it, did, it, I, did it stay together or did it fall apart? Yeah, no, actually, uh, uh, I decided not to break out my own pressure washer. It, it was cold and windy. I, I didn't want to deal with it. Besides, I wanted to drive the Jeep. I've got a, I've got one of those public wash places just down the road about a mile and a half or so. And and so, I, you know, I drove the Jeep down there. And, and uh, I, you know, I've got a change dish over here. And every so often, I throw my change that, you know, I, I have in the pocket uh, in there. And, uh uh, so I just pulled out a bunch of quarters out of there and I probably had, I don't know, at least 10 or 15 bucks worth of quarters. Uh, I probably spent way too much. And, uh, but, uh, regardless of that, I didn't have to, you know, pull any cash out of the wallet. It was just spare change went down to the car wash and, uh, and was washing things up. I was about halfway through and, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm down, you know, kind of on my, on my, uh, knees and, and, and feet there. And I'm kind of, you know, spraying underneath and getting all the undercarriage and everything and getting all the mud and and grit and grime and stuff off of that. And I noticed down right next to my knee was a syringe. Oh, oh that's oh just lovely. So the guy apparently that was in the stall um, uh, in front of me, he had just pulled up um, into the, to where the vacuums and stuff were when I, when I uh, pulled in. And um, uh, by the time that I had gotten to that point, he had long since g- gone off. But apparently... Uh, he needed to shoot up before he washed his car. So that was great. Uh, you know, seeing freaking used syringe right then and there while I'm freaking pressure washing my Jeep. It's a good thing. It didn't like, you know, get me in the knee or I put my hand down on it or something like that. I was just, God, yeah. but, uh, I've seen but, yeah, that stuff see, on well, California should, pictures of all those syringes. It's just nasty. I should have so just dangerous. stayed in the driveway. I should have just done it in the driveway. I should have used my own pressure washer, saved the money, and and done it there. I, I didn't. I didn't get stuck or anything like that. But it was just one of those things. It's like I didn't. I, I didn't need to see that. I didn't want to see that. I don't need to deal with that. I don't want. You know, come on. Yeah, there's got to be a better place to do this. You know, other than the the, the public car wash. Come on. So what do you guys I'm- got? Uh, probably well, not as uh, not uh, probably not as no, uh, druggy like, as, as my, I was my trying last to week. come up with something good, but mine's uh, no. I've been not, this, I know. How do you follow that? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you so, lie. That's what you do. I know. You got the story. Um, so there I was rescuing an entire right. orphanage full of puppies. Right. <laughs> I've been in my minimalist mode. Um, the trip kind of made me realize there's a lot I can do without. And I'm like, plus I'm selling stuff and, you know, I don't have a job. I'm trying to make ends meet. And I got rid of all my stock stuff that I've taken off my Jeep. And I I had I had them on. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought Biffy was uh, selling her her stocks in the <laughs> stock market when she sells the, the stock stuff. stuff. I got rid of all my stocks. Stock stuff. Uh so I had it on like Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, and I was trying to sell my my front bumper, my stock 
Rubicon bumpers, my headlights. And, you know, of course, no one's, t no one's, you know, wanting it. Then oh, finally yeah. I dropped, yeah, I dropped nobody the wants price. to buy the stock stuff. Right. I dropped the price to zero. So Sergio came by to get my rear bumper. Well, because how, how's Luigi doing? I haven't <laughs> played Mario Brothers in a long time. <laughs> so he showed up and he had a black sport and it's all stock. And he has gotten, gotten into more Jeep damage commuting <laughs> into Washington, D.C. than I have driving across the country, wheeling, you know, every other month. He has, he's on his third front bumper. He's had to replace his hood. He had to replace his rear bumper, which he's using an 07 bumper, which doesn't fit his 15. Um, and I'm like, you got all of this damage just from commuting. Well, they from, have a lot of uh, protesters in the streets there, don't they? So I, I guess. <laughs> I'm like rimming speed. <laughs> yeah, they had. He got one of the accidents. They had to replace his whole axle. And my God, I know. And I'm like, okay, well, you're replacing this. Get some some aftermarket stuff. But he's just replacing it all with stock. So yeah, anyway, um, I asked him if he wanted me to sign my bumpers, and he just started laughing. <laughs> Wait, wait, I'm sorry. You probably don't know deal. who I am. You know, actually, <laughs> who is this lady? <laughs> yeah, I I told him because he was looking at my Jeep and ooing and on over it. Um, and I said, yeah, I just went across the country and I have this YouTube channel. He's like, yeah, I've seen you before. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I go, do you want me to autograph those bumpers? And I think he thought I was really serious, and he didn't know how to say no. But he's like, oh yeah, sure. And I'm like, no, I was just that was a joke. <laughs> But he leave, does have to leave the jokes to the professionals. Unless, you're, unless you yeah. really want me to. In which case. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but, but he does have two purple handprints, you know, the Jeep waves on the oh, rear bumper. Oh, right on. So, so this reminds me, and, and this kind of ties into that, the, the, uh, the bonus stuff that you get if you download and install the app on your phone. Um, you had a, uh, uh, somebody that was willing to buy your underwear for $200. Did you, oh my God. did you go, did you go for that? Uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> He go, oh, I'm serious. He, well, he, you know that was on the, the bonus said, segment, right? Right. Yeah. I said okay, but he never got back to me. I think I freaked him out when I when I said okay. I just wanted to you see him, if he. You tell him it's Monday and Friday underwear. It's Monday inside out, and it's Friday outside in. But actually, I know this person who. I knew this person who knew this person who. Anyway, she would sell her underwear. For two hundred dollars, and she would. Man, money's money, man. And every way, yeah. Sure. That's not. Uh, that's not. You know, that's just something that you're. You can give it to Goodwill, or you can give it to the sickos. No, <laughs> but you know, I don't know if I ever could have done that because this was on Facebook Marketplace, and you would have to go and and um, meet him. Oh so no! Safety that, no. safety deposit box, Tammy, no. and you send them the yeah. key. <laughs> maybe maybe that could be my new business. I could open up a little storefront where you could come drop your dirty underwear off. You, you buy used for, and then right. you, you buy low, <laughs> sell high, Tammy. This is, that's the, how you do it. Oh, sick, sick, <laughs> sick. Reminds me of that uh, old Steve See Martin movie. See what you're movie. missing, people? <laughs> it reminds me of that old Steve Martin movie where the guy was, he's, he, it was something about he had this, uh, this girl's underwear and... Yeah, the the guy the guy's the uh, the woman's uh, father was really upset about it, and Steve Martin says, "Well, can I use it to make soup?" Gross. 
Dead men, you, dead men don't wear plaid. You guys need to see it. It's not a great movie, but it has some really good scenes in it. It's hilarious. <laughs> by the way, I am not selling my underwear, people. Oh, so I thought you were going to say even, soup. <laughs> yeah, don't even ask, Nikki G. <laughs> I. It'd be I'm funny. Wait for it'd, him to do it'd some. Be, it'd be funny if you only wore red underwear, though. That would really be funny. No, I don't do red anything, Tony. <laughs> So I think it was last week we were talking uh, about uh, uh, the 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 LEDs that I was putting underneath the eaves of the house, and I I was able to get uh, that difficult part uh, with the the large uh, I guess A for that that goes up about twenty feet uh, right oh, there yeah. over the garage. I, I got that done. My wife literally would not let me climb up on the ladder, so she said she would rather do that than me. So she climbed up wow. there and and oh and blew the. I was. It was. Are you holding the ladder? You're not holding the ladder. Hold the ladder. It said the ladder's not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm holding the ladder. <laughs> but uh, so we we did that. Thanks, you know, so much uh, to my wife uh, for going up there and, and doing all that because she didn't want me to get hurt. I don't fall off ladders. I don't drink. But that's fine. She wanted to do it. So uh, it, it really is working out very well. And I'll share a picture of that for anybody that's interested. And again, the great thing about this is they're glued under the eaves. You can't see them uh, unless you get right up to the edge of uh, the garage and look up. And even then, you, you probably wouldn't even notice it. So these are uh, lights. I don't want to say Christmas lights because you can use them for other things. These are lights that you can leave up all year long, so it's not well, they're something hidden. They're kind of exactly. hidden behind your right. ears and a they don't. Bit, so yeah, it gives you a nice look, glow. They don't look stupid like when people leave their icicles <laughs> up all year long, and <laughs> well, there's one bit starts falling off and it's hanging a little. You're like, really? There is a universal hate for people that leave their Christmas oh. lights up all year long. Oh yes, those are those are difficult to put up. I mean, I can't see going uh, up that high and and hanging Christmas lights every year. Uh, wow. I could probably put hooks up one year and then use a, a long stick, but uh, now, now with what I have now, beautiful. They're very bright, uh, changing colors. You can uh, with the app, you can even play music and have it uh, change uh, <laughs> colors with the music, and uh, you know, put a big sign out front and say, "Tune your your radio to blah 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 blah." Or maybe we could just play the Jeep Talk Show. Tune your radio to uh, not just use oh, yeah. a, a low power transmitter to broadcast the show. <laughs> but anyway, I'll put some light. Uh, put some lights. I'll uh, I'll put up some pictures, maybe a video of that if you're if you're interested. I think it is just amazing. I got more to do, but uh, the hard part's done. Very good. Would you like to join in on the campfire side chat? We sure love to have you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com/contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. What the heck is this? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Maybe you should have checked the Jeep weather with Mitch. Hey Jeeper, Mitch here. Today is the 20th of December, 2019, and it's time for your weekend going topless Jeep weather report. So, to make Josh's wish of seeing pictures of Jeepers topless while with their families cruising Christmas lights, this segment is dedicated to all those locations in North America known for those epic Christmas light displays. Use hashtag Jeep Talk Show in your pictures on social media so that we can see them too. First, let's start in a submission from Instagram. Fresno, California is Christmas Tree Lane. Here a whole neighborhood, a two-mile stretch of road for 97 years decorating everything in lights. There you can cruise on most nights down the road to look at all those lights. Cruise topless with the family and hot chocolates. Friday will be 63. 
Saturday 65 and cloudy, and Sunday 59 with a chance of rain. Next, let's cruise to Glendale, Arizona and Glendale Glitters. Food, live performances, and plenty of Christmas lights to look at. Here will be 67 Friday and cloudy Saturday and Sunday at 71 and 70. Alright, this last location should be a no-brainer. Santa Claus, Indiana has Santa Claus Land of Lights at Lake Rudolph Campground. This is a 1.2 miles of Christmas lights for you and your family to cruise topless through. SC, Indiana will be partly cloudy, Friday 48 and Saturday and Sunday 52. Don't forget to use the hashtag JeepTalkShow on social media for us to see those pictures. From all of us at the Jeep Talk Show, Merry Christmas. If you have any suggestions or want to know your local weather in an upcoming episode, go to jeeptalkshow.com contact in order to find all the ways to get a message to me. I'm Mitch, so a great weekend to go topless if you're brave enough. Just go topless responsibly. Now let's get to some events from around the world and maybe even in your neck of the woods. Don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or involved with or volunteering with. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact and click and fill out our wheeling wear form. That information comes straight to us. We'll, of course, get it right out to the masses. Coming up January 17th through the 19th. I know, January is just around the corner. We've got the San Diego Four Wheelers 22nd Annual Superstition Mountain Run. This is a big one, guys. They've been doing this for a long time. It's happening in El Centro, California. And uh, again, happening January 17th through the 19th. Same weekend in a different state. We have the Southwest Off-Road Adventures uh, presenting the, the, the... Oh, I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> Thank you. I always butcher them. I'm glad to see when you S- do it. Sonoita. Sonoita Off-Road Trails and Wine Tour. Yeah, I'm, I know that I could pronounce that a different way and it be not be correct. So this is the Southwest Off-Road Adventures, Sonoita Off-Road Trails and Wine Tour happening January 17th to the 19th, same weekend as the prior event. This one's in, uh, happening in Sonoita, uh, Arizona. For more information, more events and links, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode. Get all the good stuff. was the night before Christmas went all through the web. Not a Cherokee was staring, not even on The Walking Dead. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Muddenrock would soon be there. The jeepers were all nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of lift kits danced in their heads. Your mother and her moo and I and my thong were just settling in to do something very wrong. When out on the lawn there arose such a kapak, I sprang from the bed to see what the f- Yes, quite. Off to the window, I dodged your mama's grip. Picked up the rifle, you know, the one with the big thermoscope. The LED light bar had lit up the new fallen snow. Gave the look of midday to the objects below. Looking upward from the beadlocks on what do my eyes lay? But a fat dude in red velour climbing out of a sweet XJ. He was armored in red and had axles that did lock. Sitting on 35-inch crawlers, I knew it was St. Mud and Rock. More rapid than a Nicky G rant, his hails they came. And he yelled and he shouted and he called them by name. Now locker, now tree strap, now fender and shackle. On ARB, on rough country, worn and something that rhymes with shackle. To the top of the trail, through even the deepest of snow. Now download, now download the latest Jeep Talk show. Like a bound up driveline, new joints will fly. When they meet with an obstacle, wheel stands will fly. Now off to see other good jeepers is what he must do. With a jeep full of goodies and St. Muddenrock too. Merry Christmas, jeepers, from yours truly, Richard Cranium Allswell III.
Well, ho, ho, ho! That's it for the show this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, if you want to support the show, consider subscribing. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Don't forget, we're going to need you to complete your homework for next week. There will be a quiz after all. It'll be open book, multiple choice, and not graded, not to mention likely to be completely forgotten about and not administered anyways. So you probably won't have to study too hard. For Tammy, Josh, and myself, have a very, very Merry Christmas. And we'll see you next week. Podcasting since 2010.